Hey, what's up everyone? It is Pastor Marcus here from the storychurchproject.com. Welcome to the Story Church Project podcast where our focus is how to redesign the local Adventist church to tell its story loud to a culture that is no longer listening. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear and that it inspires you to make a difference in your local church today. Today is a really good day and you're about to find out why. Uh, first of all, the topic today is the one thing I would change about church. Uh, but here's the reason why I'm stoked because it's not actually me who's going to be talking about the one thing I would change about church. I am joined today by the founder of Smile Without Reason blog, Jessica Shipton, and she's going to be sharing with us. Yes. Welcome, Jess. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> not bad. Not bad, dude. Look, I'm... I'm really stoked about our conversation. Uh, you are so a you are a, a young, uh, energetic, active Adventist. You're you're in this space. You're speaking into this space. I want to know the one thing that you would like to change about church. I'm really excited to hear about that. Yeah, I am so excited to just be part of this. So thank you so much for having me on here. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, look, before we dive into that, uh, I just want to spend a few minutes uh, allowing our, our listeners to get to know you. Now, like I said, you, you are the founder of the Smile Without Reason blog and um, and also Just Solution Marketing. And and I want to talk a little bit about, about that later. But for now, uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, about the legend of, of Jess, just who you are as <laughs> a person, <laughs> where you're from. Let us know. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so I'm from Sydney, Australia. I am 22 years old. I graduated at the end of last year with a Bachelor of Communications in Digital and Social Media and Marketing. Um, I really loved that. And at the end of that, I was working at an ad agency at the time for about 10 months. Um, And then that kind of fizzled out at the end. But I kind of realized that, I don't know, for some reason, I was really interested in business. And I was just really getting into the whole world of just helping other people and being able to do that as my job. So with the whole digital marketing background and stuff like that, I started up my own um, business and basically help just helping small businesses achieve their big dreams with marketing on the in the online world, um, just really building up their presence online with digital and social media marketing. So that's like Google ads, search engine marketing, um, social media marketing, content creation, all that kind of stuff. So that's what I do pretty much. Um, and yeah, and on the side, I blog. So yeah, that's a bit about me. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, listen, um, I was sort of exploring your blog because, uh, and just just so, so our listeners know, I met you this year uh, very briefly, actually. I think it was yes. about 10 seconds. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> as we were leaving, as everyone was leaving um, at the Digital Discipleship Conference in Sydney. Um, mm, so good. Yeah, it was it was an amazing experience, wasn't it? It was so good. Mm. And and I met you briefly as you were leaving. Actually, I was leaving <laughs> as well. And I was like, oh, that's the girl with the blog. I have to meet her. I always <laughs> love meeting the bloggers. And um, and so one of the things I noticed on your blog, uh, you talk about faith in general, um, and and just uh, I love the way you string pop culture into it from time to time as well. It's really beautiful. <laughs> um, mm, but one of the you. things I noticed is that you travel. You love to travel. Yes. Um, what are some of the places that you've been? Um, I've been like interstate as well as overseas. Um, I've done a couple mission trips. I did the Solomon Islands in year 11. So that was a couple of years ago now. Um, 
And then I've also done Cambodia as well. And um, we're helping to build a school over there, which was awesome. Mm. Um, and then for more kind of personal trips and stuff, I've been to the US a couple of times. Um, and I've been to New Zealand, Fiji. Um, I did Singapore, Malaysia. Um, yeah, there's been a whole Thailand, been a <laughs> whole heap out. of places. I just, yeah, loved it. Um, but yeah, I don't know what my favorite place would be. <laughs> um <laughs> But far out, yeah. That just I just love traveling. I love um, being out and seeing. I don't know. It just gives you that perspective of like, wow, we are so small. This world is so huge. There's so much yeah. to see. You learn so much about not only the different places and the culture, but a lot about yourself as well. And it's just an incredible experience. That's awesome, dude. Well, look, you you hinted at something there that I definitely have got to ask. <clears throat> and that is, uh, <laughs> if if you could live in any one of those places, um, mm. you know. I mean, I'm, I know you're going to pick the U.S., but if you couldn't live in <laughs> any one of those places. Look, I did love – in the U.S., I loved Mexico, actually. We went and did – I don't know how to say them, but, like, cenotes or something. We went swimming in those, and okay. they were absolutely incredible. Um, but to live somewhere, I must admit, there's no place like home. So being somewhere interstate like Tasmania would be okay. amazing. I just loved Tassie. If you haven't been there before, it's, like – the best of both worlds you've got like the countryside and like acreage and stuff and then you've got the water on the other it's like you're seriously driving down a street and out one window you've got a farm and out the other window you've got the beach and it's just amazing awesome. and i'm so obsessed with nature so just like going on walks i've never done so much exercise in my life <laughs> um but like just exploring and stuff is just everywhere was so beautiful and i'm such a sucker for pretty places like that so tassie was incredible and i would live there and it's cheaper than sydney so there you go <laughs> that's a yeah, win in my yeah, book absolutely, man. so yeah absolutely tassie now here's the thing i i have heard i, I haven't been to tassie um and by the way i've never i haven't been to uh new mexico either um even though I'm from the U.S. Yeah, that's one place. There you I've, go. Well, actually, I was going to say that's one place I've never been, but I probably haven't been to even 75% of the U.S. So, <laughs> um, but um, so Tassie, like, because uh, I've heard it's beautiful, but I've, I've also heard it's ridiculously cold. Is that true? It can get cold in winter, that's for sure. Um, apparently, okay. it's it's been snowing this winter there and stuff. So, yeah, but I mean, I love the cold. I'd take the cold ah, over the heat any day. Yes, so, I, yes. I would love that. I think it's just so magical, so beautiful. Like, yeah. currently, it is raining here today, and I just love this kind of weather. <laughs> People find no. it really depressing, but I'm just like, <laughs> I love the rain. <laughs> so, I despise but, yeah, the but... cold, Jess. I don't, think, I don't think we can be friends anymore. <laughs> oh, <The> no. Cold. <laughs> Look, I don't... I don't mind summer in the heat but you know like there's only so many clothes you can take off before it becomes inappropriate so yeah. i'd much prefer the cold <laughs> I, i've said but, yeah. this in i've i'm pretty sure i've said this in like previous um interview with someone but um i think for me the thing is because like i am from new jersey like it gets really cold on mm. the east coast of america the sort of the northern east coast of america um but the thing is like at least here in Australia, uh, the thing I really struggle with is the houses, they're just not insulated. So like in the U.S. Mm -hmm. when it's winter, you're only cold when you go outside. Whereas outside, here, yeah. I'm just cold all <laughs> the time. Like you wake up in the middle of the night yeah. and it's like, oh, I really need to use the bathroom. But no, it's so cold. <laughs> like, you know, it's, just, it's terrible, man. Um, and you just can't escape it. So I, I yeah. honestly like I, I like the cold when it's Christmas because I feel like this warm Christmas thing is just weird. I've just I've been mm, here for four true. years Very now. Different. I can't get used to it. It's not working for me. Mm. Um, but when it's not Christmas, I'm just like, dude, I just want warm weather all, all day long. But hey, <laughs> you know? 
I know. Well, you look, we had our first white Christmas. We were in the US for Christmas last year and it was incredible. I loved it. It was so different and it was just so magical and beautiful. We're actually in Utah and nice. it was just amazing. So yeah, it's just, it's so funny how it's just so different wherever you are in the world. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, crazy. Absolutely, man. Well, that is awesome. Jess, thank you for, uh, thank you for allowing us to take a, a tour through, uh, through your life a little bit. Um, no worries. I want to, um, I want to dig into this, uh, and, and I want to start by reading a quote. And for those who are listening, if you're not following uh, the Story Church Project on Instagram, um, Jess shared a picture and a blurb recently because uh, every every week there's a there's a different influencer in in the Adventist world that's featured there. And um, the question that I asked Jess was, "What's the one thing you would change about the church?" And so she shared a picture and she shared a blurb. Um, expressing from her perspective as a young Adventist, like these are the things that I would change. And I want to read that. Um, And then I want to just allow you to extrapolate on it. Because when I read it, I was like, boom, there is so much here. This is, this is awesome. (laughs) Mm. And that's when I said, dude, let me interview you, you know? (laughs) So, um, but here it is again, um, for those who are listening, we're talking about the one thing I would change about church. And this is what Jess had to say. um, And I quote, If I could change just one thing about the church, it would be to focus less on tradition and more on a relationship with God. Less about having to tick all of the boxes and follow all of the rules and more about understanding that we don't have to tick all of the boxes because Jesus asks us to come as we are. Less about competition among churches and more about community. Less attention on glorifying our name and more intention with glorifying his name and quote and that is just so powerful and 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 when i read that just the, the one thing that leaps out at me is that the one thing you would change about church is its culture because all of that is mm. sort of church culture stuff you know mm, um mm. and then you go into some of the examples of that and so i that's what i want to talk about today and, and i want you to sort of elaborate on some of those so let's start with the first one um you say less about Focus less on tradition and more on a relationship with God. So take us into your mind as you were writing that. What is, Mm. yeah, what is going on there? Yeah, I think tradition is, it's such a yucky kind of word because there's just so much connotation with it kind of not being relevant. And I think in today's society, um, you know, a lot of what I try and do, particularly with writing and my blog, so to speak, is to really reach people that don't know Jesus yet. I mean, that's our whole mission with being Christian and stuff is is to spread the word and spread God to those people. So the thing is, we need to be relevant and stuff. And so focusing less on tradition and more about the fact that, you know, you've got this God that literally died for you and he loves you so incredibly much and just you know, jamming that story into people's faces in a, mm. in a digestible way rather than <laughs> yeah. going, <laughs> rather than, you know, focusing on, oh, so, you know, in Adventism, we, um, you know, we try to not do this or we, we focus on Saturdays or we do this, you know, like, yes, that's important, but that's not the, the focus that we need to be, you know, I mean, I don't know, it, it's hard because like that stuff's important, but I don't think it's the primary thing that we need to be you know, trying to trying to teach people and tell people first up. I think we need to show them this is a relationship with this amazing God that's died for you because he loves you so incredibly much. And then once people even want a glimpse of that, because, I mean, who likes rules <laughs> and yeah. stuff like that? So as soon as you've got a relationship first, I think that's that's the starting point. That's kind of what I was trying to say in a really small sentence. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. And look, I, I, I want to... Um... 
I want to hang out here for a little while because I think I think this is so important to so many young Adventists. Mm. Um, tradition is something that, like you said, it's a heavy word. Mm. Um, for the people who love it, tradition symbolizes a lot of their values. Yeah, and and then for the people who resent it, tradition symbolizes what gets in the way of mm, developing their own values and and discovering and experiencing God. Um, would you say? And and this is sort of an on the spot question. I didn't I didn't prepare you for this one. Um, <laughs> That's okay. Would you say that there's been an experience in your life where you could you know like maybe a story where you could say here's a moment where I really saw tradition. Or maybe not a moment. Maybe it was more of a process throughout your growing up in the church, where tradition got in the way of experiencing God. Mm. Yeah. Um, look, I probably I, I went. I started going to church when, like, I've grown up in a Christian household um, all my life, like Christian values and stuff. But we didn't really start going to church probably until I was. Oof, I don't even know. I'm so bad at guessing. But like, <laughs> maybe seven, eight years old. Um, yeah. But, you know, so it was, I was pretty young and a lot of listeners probably will be the same, you know, grew up in the church and stuff like that. And I think um, when you do grow up in that kind of um, like atmosphere, there's a lot of, particularly as a child, you, you are very conscious of, you know, right and wrong. And um, you're still trying to work, work your way through that and things. And I think I can't really pinpoint a particular you know, example, but I think an overarching idea would be, you know, um, there, there's, there were so many boxes that I feel like, you know, if I didn't go to church on the Sabbath or something, if I didn't go on a Saturday, you know, was I being, how was my relationship? Like there was a lot of times, Mm. um, where I felt like people were almost judging me for my absence in the church or something. And that wasn't, like that had nothing to do with where I was with God. You know, I could have just been busy or maybe I wanted to sleep in because I was selfish. That mm. But, you know, like at the end of the day, my presence or my absence within the church had nothing to do with my relationship with God and where I was at with him. It was purely, you know, I, I was still growing with Jesus on the side. I was still um, completely invested in that and intentional about that. And so I think we can often get caught up with, you know, if someone stops coming to church, um, fully just jumping to the end, you know, the worst case scenario that they've they've mm. left the church because they don't want anything to do with God. And perhaps maybe sometimes that is the case maybe, but often I feel like we need to then work on, you know, um, working out where, where their headspace is at and everything and just really, yeah, um, focusing on that relationship with them and working out where their relationship with God is at rather than just going, no, nah, they're not here, they're not present, so then their relationship with God doesn't exist anymore or whatever. Yeah, and look, I can I can resonate with that quite a lot because I know that um, for an older generation in the church, and and I hope I'm not putting words in the mouths of older generations because this is observational what I'm what I'm sharing here. Although yeah, I have sure. spoken with members in the older generation who who have pretty much said the same thing. Um, mm. For for many of the older generations in the church, there is a sort of um, <clears throat> they have a sort of uh, building centric approach to faith, mm. um, where where faith and experience of god and 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 spiritual growth revolves around 
being at this location. Mm. Um, and that's very meaningful for them. And when I was growing up in church, um, the youth in, in my church, um, they, they had a different take on it, you know, like, well, I say they, like we, we had a different take on it. We, we didn't think the building or the location had no value, mm. but we also saw value in just being, just taking a Sabbath and going out in nature and spending yeah. the day in the mountains, you know, and, and not being at that location, at that building mm. at all. It's, I'm not talking about, oh, after the gathering, you know, I'm talking like, mm. you know, this is what I'm going to do today. Um, and I still remember one of the ladies in our church sharing a story with me because her son stopped coming to church for, for many years. And she was talking about a time when he went to university and he called her and he's like, oh, mom, you know, Sabbath was wonderful. You know, we didn't go to church. We went up to the mountain and, you know, a group of us and we spent time up there and, you know, it was a beautiful Sabbath. And then she just scolded him like, no, you have mm. to be at the building, you know, wow. <laughs> like she didn't yeah. use those words. Um, yeah, yeah. And then years later, she's thinking back and she's like, you know, I wonder if my rigidity was one of the things that sort of pushed them away. Um, mm. And, wow. <laughs> you know, it's it's so true because oftentimes tradition, what, what we're used to, we, we conflate it with what God expects. And then we create mm. this rigid system where we expect everyone to fit into this box and when mm. they don't, then the automatic assumption is they're not with God at all, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting, <laughs> it's an, it's, it's, yeah, it's like this tension between, you know, being relevant and moving forward and accepting that, you know, people don't have to be um, within the church. Like, as the normal saying goes, um, you know, the the church is the people, not the building. And mm. um, I think that that's so important to remember but it is so difficult to remember too because um, often we relate it straight to the building <laughs> when we yeah. think of church um, and the Saturday morning and the services and, and things like that. So, yeah, there's, there's definitely that um, subtle tension there, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, look, I, I want to share uh, an experience in, in, in a few minutes um, with you that I think really speaks mm. into, into this as well. But uh, there's another element to this because, obviously, you've talked about focusing less on tradition. Um, but then you bring the positive into it of, of more on relationship. And so a relationship-focused church, if I was to say to you, Jess, um, I want you to paint for me a picture of what that looks like, um, mm. what, what would you say? Yeah, I think it's it's about um, having that that unity among everybody, um, you know, the, the comers you are, the the people at the door that are welcoming people in, but then also following up with people and that accountability that you have with each other to, you know, um, you know, oh, I missed you last weekend or, or whatever. So that relationship with each other and then in turn that relationship with God because of that unity among everyone there. Um, and, yeah, I mean, even in my own church, um, we've just started – like in the process of starting this ministry called a follow-up ministry. And we're basically not taking a role, so to speak, but basically mm. like um, 
making sure we know who's coming to church each week so that we can be like, hey, how are you? You know, um, we have missed you the last couple of weeks and that accountability factor, because I think that's so important, particularly when, you know, you've got so many people my age, like a lot of young people and even older people as well that do tend to just kind of leave the church and go unnoticed because we are focused on so many of the other things rather than the people that we are there with Mm. together and Mm. that we are the church. So as soon as people start start leaving, you know, the church won't be any longer really um, if, if we don't, you know, keep keep each other accountable um, and really look out for each other and and focus on that relationship between each other as well as with God. So Yeah, you, you said something there um, that was really powerful because re- really at the end of the day, and, and I think this is probably what you're wrestling with, it's what I'm wrestling with, it's what so many people are wrestling with, is that when you have a commitment to traditionalism, it comes at the expense of caring about people. Mm, uh, yeah. This is what we saw with the Pharisees, right? This where Jesus was condemning them because of their overwhelming sort of commitment to their rules and their traditions. Mm. And it came at the expense of how they treated people. Uh, and we see this as well even today where we're so committed to traditionalism that we don't notice people. So it's so true. Like if if I went to church on Saturday and I did something, I don't know, let me think, you know, let me think of, uh, I can't, I'm on the spot, so I can't think of it now. <laughs> let's say <laughs> I did something. On the spot, I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let's say I did something that flew in the face of some tradition of ours, you know? Mm. So say the, say it's a traditional church. All right, let's do this. Let's, let's go for the hot one, all right? <laughs> say, it's a, <laughs> say it's a traditional church. It's an old mm. school traditional church. And there's nothing wrong with those. But let's just use them as the example. Mm. And say... Before church on the weekend, I, I I did something that went against their traditions. I set up a drum set at the front of the church, right? <laughs> <laughs> mm. um, everybody would notice, you know? I mean, obviously, yeah. it's at the front of the church, so, you know, but, like, everyone would know. It would be the talk of the day, you know? There would be mm. controversy. There would be, you know, all kinds of stuff. Mm. They would notice, but... If someone that day from the community was missing, how many people would notice? Yeah. You know, and, and mm. I think that's what you're getting at here. Like when we yeah. love traditionalism more than people, mm. you know, like we notice that more. We fight about that more. We invest more energy in that. Mm. Um, Which means something has to be lacking. Absolutely. And then our relationships the are like, that, yeah. yeah, people mm. don't come and we don't notice because that's not really our focus. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's a sad reality, really. Mm, um, it's yeah. a bit of a reality check, but... Mm. Well, there's something else that you said that I think it's lining up really well with this. Um, and it's the whole concept of ticking the boxes, right? So in mm. your statement, you said, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's not about ticking all the boxes and following all the rules. Um, it's about understanding that we ha- don't have to tick all the boxes because Jesus asked us to come as we are. Um, mm. Take us a little bit more into that because I feel like that's building on this idea that we've been talking about. Mm. Yeah, I think like nowadays there's just so many different standards that we that society tells us that we need to measure up to. Um, 
And I think everyone at some point in their life feels like they weren't good enough. Um, And the last thing you want to do is somebody to be striving um, or seeking an answer to something, a.k.a. Jesus, and Mm. us getting in the way of that because we're telling them they're not fulfilling some box that we've created. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. um, I think, yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard because obviously – you know, everyone has their own opinions and judgment, um, yeah, judging people is such a natural thing that us humans do. But at the end of the day, um, it's, you know, we need to be less about seeking validation from people and more about planting our identity and our worth in Jesus. And I think um, Mm. that's the message we need to be getting across to people is that, you know, it doesn't matter if you don't tick all of these boxes and I mean where did the boxes come from like who created them (laughs) we did um stop ticking these boxes or or striving to um because you're never going to get there because there's always going to be someone that you know I've read a quote somewhere I don't know who said it but it was something about you know you can be the ripest juiciest peach in the world but there's always going to be someone who hates peaches and like (laughs) you know it, it 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 doesn't you can strive so hard to tick every single box that you believe is necessary but at the end of the day God just goes it doesn't matter how far you have run away from me it doesn't matter all of that kind of stuff just please turn around and come back to me because my arms are always going to be open and that's mm. the message that we need to be telling people about because that's the stuff that's powerful. That's the stuff that people go, wow, okay, like I can be messed up, broken. I can be really, really lost. And God so cares, like he cares about me so much that that part doesn't matter because he came for He came for the broken. He came mm. for the messy. He didn't come for the people who believe they're perfect. you know what I mean? So. Yeah. That's the, that's the focus we need to have when it comes to the church and, and people outside the church. But even, I mean, that goes with the people that are inside the church too, you know, really shifting that mindset that, you know, you don't have to be ticking all the boxes and, and following all of these rules because, yeah, going back to the last point, it's less about that tradition and stuff and more about building that relationship with God. Let me ask you... Um, a possibly uncomfortable question. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you feel like church is a safe place for you to be broken in? Mm. Yeah, I I want to say yes. Um, I think I've never always felt like that, though. Um, mm. It's been something that, you know, I, as I said, I've grown kind of grown up in the church and stuff. And then as you're a kid, you're kind of grappling with questions, but you're not really, I mean, you go into church because of your friends, <laughs> let's be yeah. honest. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then you start, you start, you know, listening to, to different things. You start, you know, really, yeah, um, taking it all in and it becomes a bit more real. Um, your relationship with God becomes real and stuff. And um, an experience that I had over the last two years is a lot of uh, about a health journey that I had, and it's a really, really long story. So I'm not even going <laughs> to touch on that. But <laughs> oh no, look, you you, you very... teased us, you teased that you got to <laughs> give us something. You got to give us something, dude. <laughs> give us the miniature of... version. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it was a lot of like tests and back and forward, and it all started as something really small where my mom basically just asked me to go and get a blood test um, because I hadn't had one done. So she was like, go get one. And I was like, yeah, okay, fun. I hate blood. So that was not fun for me at all. Yep. Um, I had to get like six done because I passed out the first time. Anyway, <laughs> this is why it's such a long story. No. Um, but yeah, so basically that whole, you know, 18 
months, um, it was very, it was test after test and it was a lot of fear of the unknown. And for me, um, I, it's just funny how God uses those, those places and those seasons where you feel so weak to show you just how strong he is. Um, and through that time I kind of was, yeah, really focused on him and I didn't, um, I suppose my, my faith grew a lot stronger as well. And I had the opportunity to share that sermon at church. And ever mm. since that point, um, that was probably a couple months ago now, ever since then, I have felt um, so much more love for my church family and so That's much awesome. more, not to say I didn't at the start, <laughs> but I've just felt like um, they really care for me and um, I really care for them. And it's somewhere that I want to be. It's no longer a Saturday morning is an obligation. It's a, I want to be there. It's a willingness. Um, and my enthusiasm and my passion for God has just grown so much more because I've been able to share that experience with people and have them understand um, and empathize. And I think that's something that we as a church need to to learn how to do a bit better maybe and a bit more frequently because um, empathizing with people is just so powerful when you literally um, you know, get down on your knees and, and you pray for them or and you and you just love on them and care for them um, when you have no idea what they're going through, but you're trying to understand. Um, and I think that's so powerful. So, so yeah, I, I do feel that, that church is a safe place for me to feel broken because of the opportunity I did have. And I think it's not just because of that. It's just the, the mindset of me wanting to, to, to be there and wanting that relationship with people. And, um, yeah, it, it just, it has so much to do with, with the people in the community and the way that you, I mean, you can sit up the back of church and, and want nothing to do with anybody, or you could really be trying to, to get in there and making a difference and helping out and learning about people and making time. Um, yeah. there's, there's very different way. It's, it's all about positioning yourself and, and whether you're going to be up the back in the corner or whether you're going to position yourself at the feet of Jesus. So, mm, yeah, that's awesome. Well, look, let me, let me bounce back on that a little bit because, um, I, I want to get a sort of a feel for this story that you went through because I mean, ultimately, you know, our stories, that's that's where we derive so much of our meaning mm. and our power from. It, it sounds to me like you went for some routine blood test and then mm. it turned out to it opened up this chapter in your life that was completely unexpected with test after test after test. Mm. Um, and that that was sort of a, a, a really difficult experience for you. But as God brought you out of that and you shared it, it actually sort of solidified or strengthened your own experience with mm. your faith community. Did, did, did I summarize that well? Yeah, perfectly. Yeah, mm. that's exactly it. Yeah, because that that whole thing is, you know, like, first of all, let me, let me just say this. I don't know what church you go to, but whoever they are, I just want to, like, celebrate them um, mm. because there's nothing... There's nothing more powerful than than a than a church where you can be broken, and mm. and you can open up about your brokenness, and people just receive you. Yeah, because uh, there's not many places in this world that you can go to for that, you know. Mm. Um. So yeah, look, I just want to celebrate your church. That's really really awesome, and yeah. Um, they're yeah. an awesome bunch. What, what, you know what? Let, let's let's do this, man. What church do you go to? <laughs> <laughs> Kellyville Seventh Day Adventist Church. Kellyville Seventh Day Adventist Church. We love you guys. You guys are awesome. What <laughs> they are. They're, they're a good. They're a great church. Yeah. yeah awesome. <laughs> awesome, man. And um, 
and yeah look that sense of brokenness like it's it's so so real um mm. i'm tempted to tell a story since we're do telling it. stories um, <laughs> yeah do it <laughs> so um so i've got a uh i've got a friend who um <clears throat> Right now, he is coming to one of the churches that I pastor, mm-hmm. and uh, I won't say his name because you know I, I haven't asked for permission or anything like that. But yeah, of course. Um, he grew up. Uh, he's a really broken guy, amazing guy, mm-hmm. but has experienced so much pain and brokenness in his life, abuse, mm-hmm. um, left and right. And uh, when he was born, his mom didn't want him. Um, wow. He ended up in, you know, foster and uh, it, it was really sort of not a good experience. Um, and so he got into drugs and alcohol and he overdosed on um, on, a, on a drug. I can't remember which one, but he ended up in the hospital. Wow. And um, he woke up three days later from a coma and... And the doctor told him, he was like, look, man, someone's looking out for you, dude, because you shouldn't be alive. Like, your your overdose was intense. Hmm. It was an intense mm. overdose. So anyways, um, so after that, he leaves the hospital and he's thinking, man, maybe somebody else look af- looking after me. You know what? Well, I don't know. So, and mind you, he'd never been to church before, even though his parents were Christian. You know, he, he didn't grow up with them and didn't have any experience with them. He'd, he'd never really been to church. Um, so one day he's sitting in his house. And he's smoking weed with his friend. And they put on that movie, um, Hacksaw Ridge. The one with, oh, Desmond, yeah. with Desmond Doss. Good movie. Very good movie. Yeah. Oh, so mm. cool. So cool. Promo. <laughs> awesome movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they put on this movie and they're watching this movie. And he starts crying like in the middle of the movie. And his friend looks at him and he's like, and this is the story that this guy tells me. His friend looks at him and says, dude, what's wrong with you? And he says to me, uh, or he says to his friend, Whatever that DOS guy has, I want it. Mm. That was his answer. So wow. then he said, he told me he's seen the movie like 70 times. All right. So like, <laughs> he, might be ex- he might be exaggerating, but he's definitely seen it a lot. Um, mm. So he Googles this Desmond. DOS guy finds out, oh, he's an, he's an Adventist. All right. Where, where's the closest Adventist here? So he finds this church that, um, that is that one of the churches that I pastor. Beginning of the year, he walks in to the church. You know, this is a guy who's, you know, walks into your church, hasn't been to church before. He doesn't, he doesn't tick the boxes. He doesn't look the part, you know, Mm. he's got tats. He's got rings on almost all his fingers, you know, chains, you know, like you can tell he, he doesn't look the part. He doesn't tick the boxes. Mm. Um, And he walks in and they greet him and he comes into Sabbath school and he takes over the whole Sabbath school telling his story. And then the next week he comes back and he takes over to Sabbath school again. Wow. <laughs> telling his story. And it was, a, it was the youth Sabbath school that he was going to. And, and what these young people decided was, you know what? It can be a bit annoying, but you know what? Just leave him. Just let him mm. tell his story. Just leave him be. Just love him. Mm. And um, it was hard because they weren't used to it, you know. But then they just opened up their arms and just let him share and just welcomed him. And when I met him, because I was on holidays when all this was happening, right? This guy's coming to my church and I'm, you know, I'm on holidays, you know, with the family. So mm. when I come back, 
um, I meet him and I get to know him. And, and I asked him one day, I was like, let me ask you a question. Why do you come to, to our church? You know, because he just showed up and he hasn't stopped coming since. He's getting baptized in, a, in a wow. month, a, about a month or two. Wow. And he said to me, this is the first place I've ever been in my life where nobody judges me. Mm. And he's come in with his tats and with, you know, all of his ring. And, you know, like people, people at the church, you know, people have their jewelry, but like he's got a lot. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, mm. it's like, mm. you know, who is this guy? You know, he looks like, a, <laughs> like he could be in a hip hop video or something. And, um, <laughs> and no one's ever picked on him. Like people have just welcomed him and loved him. And mm. he, it has derived so much strength from that, you know? Mm. Um, and so as you're talking about this, experience of being in a church where you can be broken and i'm thinking of this guy coming to our church where he could be broken like no one said to him you need to tick these boxes man like he's there mm. and he's broken and he's still broken and he's healing and we're all broken and we're all healing with him it's powerful it's so awesome definitely so that's totally. the story that i wanted to share <laughs> i love that no i love i love how you said you know um he he rocked up and he didn't look the part but that's mm. the thing like we don't uh, like who who makes that call exactly. <laughs> you know, we, yes. we're making that call yeah. and that's that's the difference god yeah. never even goes there um that's right. and the, yeah it's just it's insane how, yeah. how good is god like <laughs> absolutely man yeah. and you're so right because even as i said that it was an uncomfortable phrase to say because in my head mm. i'm thinking there should be no the part. yeah you know what i mean like that shouldn't mm. there should be no like sort of everyone who walks in should be should not fit the part and fit the part simply because they don't fit the part. Like that should be the yeah, thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you don't yeah. fit in, then this is where you belong, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I love that. So there's one more thing. Man, that you frame said. that, frame that. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on Pinterest, man. Um, yeah, do it. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Um, there's one more thing that you said. There's, there's two more things, but we're running out of time. So I want to, I want to touch on one yeah, more thing right. and, and we'll, and we'll wrap up with this. Um, you said less attention on glorifying our name and more attention with glorifying his name. So I see a tension there. I see mm. that you're pointing out as a young Adventist that you see this tension mm. that we probably spend too much time talking about ourselves or glorifying ourselves yeah. and not him. Yeah. Talk to me about it. Mm. Yeah. So the the thing that's, that I was thinking about while writing this was I went to a... Um, I don't know, it was something that Hillsong had on. And I think his name's Jad, but one of the lead singers, he said one thing and it just, it has always been cemented in my mind whenever I do anything, whenever I hop on a stage and I'm talking, which is rare, but when it does happen or when I'm writing my blog posts, for example, or doing stuff like this, um, he said this one thing and he was like, every time I get on stage to sing, um, it's very crazy because there's thousands of people, like hundreds of thousands of people um, half the time that are watching them and stuff like that, whether that's on YouTube, whether that's um, literally there in the building at Hillsong or whatever. Um, and he's like, it can get very easy to to feel like it's all about you and that you're this amazing pop star and stuff. But he's like, at one point I realised that I need to start being a silhouette. I need to stop feeling like I'm there and it's all about me, mm. but I need to strip that back and, and show more of God um, and realise that, you know, I'm not up on stage to glorify my own name. Um, and so now he pictures himself as a silhouette, that there's there's nothing there of him. It's just this person um, and that this person is on a mission to do stuff for God. He's just that vessel. And I think when he said that, I was just like, boom, <laughs> like, I need to because when I started, particularly when I started my Instagram page for my blog, it was so I was so set 
and I think there's a lot of people that could probably, um, you know, relate to this. I'm, I was so set on gaining those followers and gaining those likes and comments and engaging and stuff like this that I was so set on the numbers rather than the people behind that. And mm. I was realizing that, you know, I, yeah, I cared way too much about my own image rather than what I was trying to do. And so now my whole mission statement for my whole blog is, you know, I'm collecting followers for him, not followers for me. And that's that, oh, dude, pretty you gotta frame that. You gotta frame that, dude. <laughs> I'll put it on Pinterest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. But no, but seriously, like that's just been my mantra now. And ever since I've become so much more intentional about it, it's grown quicker than I could have ever imagined because mm. my idea about you know, I'm I'm not worrying about whether I'm getting you know, all these likes and not worrying, you know, like, I mean, yeah, that's great and that's yeah. awesome, but that doesn't mean that, you know, a lot of people aren't going to tell you that you're making an impact in their life. There's mm -hmm. a lot of people out there that you might be impacting, say, for argument's sake, 100 people, but only three of them might tell you. And there's all of those 97 that haven't told you that, you know, you, you've you actually touched their lives in an amazing way and you just have no idea. So you just, you have no idea who's watching um, in not in a creepy way. <laughs> you have no idea who's watching you and, and the influence that you make. And I think um, any kind of nudge that you can make to push someone just closer and closer to Jesus is just that's just a win in my books. Um, so for me, yeah, just taking on that mentality that it's less of me, that I'm just a silhouette, that I'm here doing a job for God um, to spread his word, then yeah, it's that's what matters to me now. And absolutely. I think that intention is just so important. Yeah, absolutely, man. And look, I think that that is another one of those things. If we even come back to the whole issue of tradition, um, I think that's another one of those things that you're talking about right now that at least in my mm. experience, I've found there tends to be a tension between emerging generations and older generations. Um, whereas yeah. older generations saw that their mission was to grow the Adventist church. Um, mm. And I'm the first guy to tell you, like, I love Adventism. Like, <laughs> I'm Adventism gung-ho. Like, this is like, I love it. But I don't see my purpose as growing our inst the institutional brand of, mm. of Adventism, it's growing the kingdom of God. That's it, yeah. you know? It, and, and you don't do that with, you know, a heavy emphasis on Adventist, 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 you know? Like there's people who will, you know, like I remember a, a pastor, a friend of mine told me one time they're bored. Um, they were at discussing doing a service project in the area. And then they were like, yeah, but you know, um, if we do the service project in the area, um, those people probably aren't going to get baptized anyway. And then someone else said, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so it's probably not worth the effort. And the guy was like, are you serious? Wow. Like, the only mm. reason why you're doing it is because you, you are not doing it is whether or not people are going to get baptized. Like, how about mm. just doing it? Because that's how wow. we build God's kingdom, you know? Totally. Um, so when you say that, look, less attention on glorifying us and more him. It just reminds me of John the Baptist, you know, less of me, more mm. of him. I must decrease, he mm. must increase. And, and I think about yeah, this tension that's it. Of, you know, it's not necessarily about how many Adventists are you creating, um, but mm. how how much are you building God's kingdom, making him famous mm. in the culture, you know? Totally. Yeah, yeah. that's it. And, and that's not to say that I don't still struggle with it, because obviously, you know, in a narcissistic world that we live in, it's very easy <laughs> to get caught, in, <laughs> caught up in stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I'll be the first to admit it. But, but yeah, I think it's just having that reality check and, and bringing yourself back to, to why you're doing it and that purpose. And um, your calling as well. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Jess, thank you so much. This has been awesome talking to you about <laughs> the one so thing. Good. <laughs> yes, about the one thing that you would change about church. And again, I think although we, we haven't talked about one thing, we've talked about like three different things, but it's all sort of under one mm. category, which is our culture. You know, like yeah. that's what I see all of this falling under it, it, because we, we haven't talked about theology or the Bible or anything. Mm. We've just talked about mm. our culture, who we are as a people. If we can reflect the way of Jesus more in our culture, that's what we yeah. need to change, you know, and it's it's been amazing. Definitely. It's been awesome chatting with you about it. Um, yeah, we're no, thank almost, you so much for having me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Look, we're almost out of time. <laughs> um, so here's what I want to do before we want to run out of time. Number one, I want to emphasize your blog because it's amazing. It's inspirational, <laughs> just all around cool. Um, anyone listening oh, to this, you. please check out um, Jess's blog, uh, Smile Without Reason. But Jess, I want to give you a moment to sort of talk about your blog and your project and, and the different things that you're working on and just let us know, you know, listeners who want to find you and, and interact with your content, how can they do that um, today? Yeah, for sure. Um, I suppose I started my blog a, a long time ago, probably about six years ago. And um, the biggest thing was basically, it was kind of just like a diary and stuff at the start. And then I realized that, you know, I had this huge passion for um, obviously, you know, encouraging people and believers that already knew about Jesus. But my heart was really in, um, you know, where I have a lot of family that don't know God yet. And my heart breaks thinking that one day I might make it to heaven and they're not going to be there. Um, and I don't want them to miss out on that opportunity to, to see God. And so for me, I was just like, well, how, how do I get this message across? Cause so many people that don't know Jesus, they don't really, they don't want to, they don't want to be Bible bashed. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want to hear John three sixteen boom in their face. They want stories cause that's where the power lies. And the testimonies are just so incredibly powerful like that. So for me, my blog is all about using everyday experiences kind of with a different perspective and a twist on it. Um, analogies I'm obsessed with. So anything, you know, um, related to, to nature. I'm, I'm obsessed with pretty skies and, and things like that. And just finding Jesus in the small things that p other people can relate to. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter whether you've been a Christian all your life or you don't know Jesus at all, but people um, can connect with that and then go, oh, okay, like I like, I like that yeah. <laughs> or I can totally relate to that. And I think if I can just show people a glimpse of Jesus through that, then my job is done. And that is, well, it's not done, but I'm, <laughs> it's a small win. Yeah, like, you yeah. know, I, I'm, that's, that's where my, yeah, that's where my purpose lies with it. And I just really want to encourage, inspire and bless people. Um, they're my three kind of pillars, I suppose you'd call them, um, with all the content I create. So yeah, I'm, I'm on Facebook and Instagram and then I've got my blog as well. Um, and I just love to grow, grow that out. So it's all just smile for that reason. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm so passionate about, you know, spreading that word and spreading, um, Jesus to people that don't know him yet in a palatable way rather than Bible bashing them. Yes. So it's all about stories. It's all about analogies. It's about the, um, the real stuff. So awesome. yeah. Awesome. Well, once again, look, I just want to emphasize if you guys haven't checked out Smile Without Reason, uh, definitely check it out. Uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, the blog. Are you on Twitter at all? I'm not, no, no, no I that's was, okay. and yeah. then I got hacked, and I was like, see ya. <laughs> so, yeah. All good, man, all good. Um, but look, uh, thank you again, uh, Jessica, for coming on today and sharing with us uh, your perspective as a young Adventist on the one thing that you would change about the church. I know I've been blessed and, and inspired, and I hope that those listening can walk away from this and say, hey, look, here are some things for us to focus on to create 
a culture in our church that is reflecting the heart of Jesus more. Uh, to the listeners, mm-hmm. thank you guys for hanging out for another episode of the Story Church Project podcast. If you haven't done it yet, head over to the website, subscribe to the newsletter. I got some free, cool stuff that I'll send to you. And everybody loves free stuff. So do it, do it now. Um, and let's work together to redesign the local Adventist church to tell its story loud. Catch you guys next week. Thank you for listening to this week's latest episode of the Story Church Project podcast. I hope you were blessed. If you haven't yet had a chance, I want to invite you to head over to thestorychurchproject.com and subscribe to the newsletter. Not only will you get the latest updates every week, but I'm also going to send you a free gift straight to your inbox. You don't want to miss it. I'll catch you on the next one.